you could try and get mushroom chocolates from that guy you know down the street or the lady over there friend of friend and wait for them to bring them and then they don't show up or you could hang out with our sponsor melt premium mushroom chocolates that contain four grams of their sacred mushroom blend grown with the intention of reverence they aim to honor this ancient medicine by using only the finest organic fair trade and sustainably grown ingredients and they are shipping them directly to your door with no muss no fuss no bullshit that's what i'm looking for straight us no fuss no bullshit all the bars contain lion's mane which has a list of health benefits a few which are in they improve it brain function like my brain functioning right now you could use some yeah i could memory they promote health energy levels combat fatigue slow biological aging and their sacred mushroom blend all the mushrooms are grown in-house all the chocolatiering is done by them Hit them up on Instagram at Melt Mushrooms, plural, M-E-L-T-M-U-S-H-R-O-O-M-S. In the DMs, they will send you their menu. Tell them No Simple Road sent you, and you are going to get $20 off your first order. Go to the sure thing, everybody. This is the real deal. Mushroom chocolates and their bomb Melt Mushrooms. If you're sitting around looking for something good to eat, we got the answer for you from our fine sponsor, Fire on the Mountain Chicken Wings. You better believe it. Yep. Keep it in the family and go every month. They come out with new specials over here in Portland at Fremont location. They have the Chicken Carage. And, chicken um, Carage. Carage. <laughs> carage. Yeah. It's chicken in your chicken garage. Chicken Carage. Oh, they got the interstate, the fried cauliflower with roasted garlic cloves. They've got the Vic rib over at Burnside. Two smoked rib meat patties, spicy oh, barbecue shit. sauce, all kinds of goodies, a verde chicken salad, and house-made peach fritters with vanilla ice cream. Okay, check this that out. That right there is amazing. Y'all know the Grateful Dead family can hook up some dope-ass food in the lot. This is the Grateful Dead hooking up real food for you, not on the lot. This is the good stuff, man. So go check out the three locations here in Portland or the two locations in Denver, soon to be one location in Bend. And you can go over to PortlandWings.com, order their swag, order their sauces. You can have the full experience of Fuego on the Mountain at home. Go check them out. Fire on the Mountain. Mm -mm -mm. We just went to Dick's this last weekend and it would have been great to know in advance all the stuff like where to go in, where to sit in the venue to get the best sound, where to go to the merch booth. Yeah, what time to go to the merch booth, where the bathrooms are. That's my first question. And all that stuff was at VenueLama.com. You can go to VenueLama.com and this is where live music fans share helpful venue insider reviews and information based on our own experiences. This is a place where pro showgoers can quickly review venues and exchange seriously helpful venue intel with one another. Head over to VenueLama.com today and sign up for your free Llama account and start reviewing venues today. Review venues in the Llama base, upload photos in the gallery, and you can check out their YouTube channel because it's fucking amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's a thing. Go over to Venue Llama, sign up, become one of the reviewers, and you too can help others go to shows like a pro. Venue Llama. Dead & Company's not touring anywhere, but don't be sad. The lot still exists online and the dopest. Does it? Yeah, it does. The dopest t-shirts on that virtual lot exist at Shop. Tourbus. Shop Tourbus. Go to shoptourbus.com. Pick yourself up a Grateful Dead inspired t shirt that comes in an all over print box with all kinds of extras on the inside. Some of you are even going to get a Grateful Dead cassette bootleg. Bootleg. In your order. What? And 
you're going to get tw- uh, free shipping, not 20% off. You're going to get free shipping when you put in the promo code No Simple Road when you're checking out. No Simple Road, the everybody. The Shop Tour Bus clan is going to hook you up with free shipping. And they have some exclusives right now uh, celebrating the life of Robert Hall Weir. They have some Bobby vinyls and estimated Bobby shirts uh, for limited supplies. Act quick. That's right. So go to shoptourbus.com or at shoptourbus on Instagram. Tell them No Simple Road sent you by putting in the promo code No Simple Road when you check out for your free shipping. Shop Tour Bus. No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal if you've looked around trying to find cbd and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do this is the place you need to go they've got every kind of product you can imagine including cbd tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed cbd gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day they've got salve they've got smokable hemp flour that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stone and paranoid but want to have the benefits of cannabis well now you got it and they even carry cbd products for your pets man i'm saying this is darwin approved stuff go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have this is vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20 percent off so put in the promo code nsr20 when you're checking out you're going to get 20 percent off your whole order and i know you're going to love it They even have subscription options open for you so you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Landed. We we made it home safe from Dicks, everybody, and Ophelia's, and, and we're alive. We made yep. it. <clears throat> and uh, I, I just want to start this episode out by saying, producer Corey, we pulled an audible on you. We're releasing an episode today with Jake Eddy because we are tired and we can't do a recap right now because our brains yeah, are mush. We want to do recap justice, and, and uh, we usually a do lot, recaps lot to talk on Mondays, about. yeah, not on Fridays. Well, okay. So everybody else is in on the inside conversation. I had a conversation with producer Corey yesterday and he was like, Hey guys, you know what? You should really put out the recap of Ophelia's and Dick's on Friday so that it's fresh in your minds. And you wonder where he's heard that before from Mel. And, and I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And then I got home from work today and Mel and I instantly fell asleep on the couch and we're, we're still a little recovery. In, in recovery. Well, I mean, mode. when we got back home, I went immediately back to work and then it was Ryder's birthday and I came home and I made him a cake and I made dinner and then we immediately went to go see Torin and that is now it's today. Yeah. This is like, I needed today. So all of you <laughs> out there are enjoying a normal Friday episode yeah. with our friend, Jake Eddie. If you are Jake. not familiar with Jake, he is one incredible freaking guitar player and i urge you to go follow him on instagram and check out what this cat is doing you're gonna watch his videos that he's put up and you're gonna think to yourself the same thing i did how can a human being play flat picking 
that fast. The way I know does. the answer to that. What? Practice. That's true. And, yeah. and if you want to follow him on Instagram, it's at the Jake Eddie. Yeah. And you can also go there and see that he's got a little tour coming up. Jake Eddie and Victor Furtado. It's beginning September 12th through the 19th. They're hitting Texas, Arkansas, Texas, 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 Missouri, <laughs> and Tennessee. A lot of Texas in there. Yeah, a lot of Texas. Um, he's also got an album out on uh, the streaming services, and I'm pulling it up right now because I don't want to screw up the name of it. It is called Live at Spanish Ballroom, and it was recorded up in, in Washington. And I have to tell you that not only is the music incredible on this album, but his banter between songs is Almost as cool as his playing. Yes. He is, he is an entertainer all around. I, I found out about... It makes it a true show. Yeah, for yeah. real. I found out about Jake during... Um, I think during the pandemic, he started putting up... Or I started seeing his videos of him like playing really fast. And it was... I think it's like... Like he said, it's a way to pull people into the Instagram and, and introduce them to his music. His music is not like all flaming fast flat picking and it worked man i was like holy shit i don't didn't know that a human being could actually do that and then you know from there started watching and i was like we got to get this cat on the show and uh he did not disappoint from the first moment we got on the call with him. yes you'll you'll hear that yeah it's, it's funny the way he greets us we yeah. loved it yep it always is a good thing when a guest is funny from the first word it, it makes you feel right at home. And this was one of those episodes. So throw Jake a follow on Instagram. And if he comes through your town, do not sleep on, no. on going to see him. You will have one hell of a good time. And this, you know what? All the playing aside, all the Instagram stuff aside, all that, whatever. This is just like salt of the earth human being yeah. that really did give us a unique perspective on americana on this branch of the americana tree on like yeah. you know appalachian bluegrass music and what it means to him and it's really special man and and what a good dude like <clears throat> doing yeah. this because it's in his blood and it's just cool to see well, then like what he offers up, like where you can go stay with, not just take lessons, but go stay with him an immersion. at his place and immersion into what he does. And what is it? A D28 that he, I don't remember the, hey, and he talks about his, yes, it is a 1943 D28. Thank you, Mel. You'll hear all about how he came about that. Cause that is special too. Yeah. The, the story of that guitar is worthy of legend. My and favorite thing is him holding the guitar the in front thing. of his body and almost face the whole time. I loved it. It's like, I remember one Christmas when I was little and I got a pogo ball and all I wanted to do was like hold it, be on it, play it, like look at it. Like when you get a new thing, you just want it around you with you, like next to you. And it looked like he had gotten the best present of his life and he just wanted to be with it. I could see his wife being <laughs> like, Jake, put that guitar down when you go to dinner at the table. Like, no, no. I don't, you can't take that thing in the bathroom with you. Like, yeah, it's a, uh, it was cool to see man. And, and it's exciting to be, have be excited that excited about something. And I don't, I don't feel like Jake is going to let that excitement ever go away mm, from that guitar. Like, that thing has a, 
a vibratory field. That thing oh, has yeah. story and there's a ghost that lives inside of it and a spirit and it has a soul and it's alive and he's getting to know. Yeah, it. it's no ordinary <laughs> guitar. No, uh-uh. He's going to go down to the crossroads with that thing if he already didn't. So anyway, we are going to do the business and we're going to get you to Jake Eddie. And I, I want to address something before we do this. They have a new thing on um on Spotify <laughs> and uh, where like there's a question about the episodes. Like, what did you enjoy about the episode? And then it, it sends me an email if anybody replies okay. to that and I can put it up on Spotify if I want to. And uh, somebody was like, yo, man, you know, like six minutes of commercials and then like 15 minutes of banter before the before the interview. What the fuck? What kind of podcast is this? Well, a podcast where we talk. Well, that's like most normal (laughs) podcasts. Well, friend out there, that's called a podcast. First of all, (laughs) second, there is this dope feature that they made. It's called fast forward. And it's really it, cool. It's pretty all you easy gotta, to find. Yeah, all you got to do is use your finger and then you push that and you can get past all that. If you want, if you don't want, you can hang out with us because we feel like the people that listen to the show probably want to hang out with us. That's why they listen to us. I yeah, mo- like 99.9% of them do. And we, you know, we like to linger. We yeah. linger a little bit. Sometimes we talk about the episode before you listen to the episode and it's all relevant because we're on the episode. Yeah, then that's called like a setup. That's yeah. what they do with oh. most things. Like when they introduce somebody to stage, they do a setup. They don't just have the person walk out. Yeah, so, you know, for all y'all that don't want to listen to 15 plus or minus banter fast forward or rewind yeah like oh shit you went a little bit too fast forward go back a couple seconds there's another dope feature it's called rewind yeah so you guys can literally just just listen to the interview but most of the time if you listen to all of it you'll get a little bit of insight and you might like it yep so i that i just wanted to address that you feel free to fast forward past me addressing that and pass fast forward past business i hope you don't because there's usually information in here that you might want to know about. So yeah, uh, my feelings aren't hurt or anything. I just wanted to address it so that you all. Yeah. There's the, there's the solution to the question. Yeah. I, and, and one more thing, uh, we did have an incredible appearance at Ophelia's electric soapbox in Denver last week. And we did see four days of fish and we are still recovering. And I promise you that on Monday, you will have a complete encapsulation of the experience of what happened there. Everything that we did, who we met, what we saw, where we went, what we ate, the whole fucking thing. That'll be a solid banter episode of us talking about all the fun <laughs> we had. The yeah, there's going to be lots met, of banter. Uh, the, the artists that came into our lives, so just lots of things to recap. Yeah, man, there, there's, a, there's a lot to do, but I wanted to make sure that all of you got the full Monty on it and not the abbreviated Aaron Mel and Apple are still a little tired and half dead and the readers digest us just trying to get through it version. I want you to get the whole thing. So it's because I love all of you that, that we're waiting. So anyway, I'm follow no it. simple road at no simple road on all the social media platforms. Go to our website, check out our merch, get a tarot reading from us. Um, check out our calendar of events that's there. There's also a feature on there where you can go to past episodes and there's a search bar and you can put in a musician's name in there. And if we have talked to that musician, it will bring you to that episode. 
think that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. It was Mel's idea a while back. Another idea. I didn't know how to pull it off until recently, and somebody wrote the code, and boom, now it's there. Boom. So you can check our back I catalog. I said that that's cool. Yeah, with go, approaching 400 episodes, that's kind of dope that you can do that. Yeah, man. And, and, and if you search for that artist and we haven't had him, hit us up and be like, I think you should get this artist. Yep. yep. And we always like good recommendations like that. Over at patreon.com forward slash no simple road producer Corey has been working his little ass off. His fingers to the bone. Producing Side Roads. It is a separate podcast that digs deep into the No Simple Road family, its members, and its hosts. And if you are not a Patreon subscriber, you are missing out on all that content. You're missing out on interacting with your fellow No Simple Road family members. And it's just a bummer. So and I hope that all of you go over there and sign up. And I, I still have to go listen to it. But one of the latest side roads is Aaron, the conductor's mom. And my sister. Oh, he did. Sister. And really? my sister. Allie. Yeah. What? He's going to do Allie. Yeah. It's wow. happening. So go over there. You can listen to my mom talk about seeing Bob Marley back in the day. And what? Corey said my mom was like Forrest Gump. Like she was just like in these amazing places and it's actually kind of true. I never thought about it. Like oh, that. wow. Okay. Kind of reminds me of Donna God show too. Yeah. 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 She said that she was just at the right places at the right time. My mom just finds herself in the Avalon ballroom with Bob Marley and you're not going to hear that story unless you're on Patreon. So oh, patreon.com yeah. forward slash no simple road. <laughs> and Hey, everybody, would you do us a solid and leave us a review on Apple podcast? Do it. A five star review. Yeah. Just leave us a little review. That would be cool if you did that. It's the month. It's a new month. We need somebody to step up to the plate. We haven't had anything since August. Since August 11th. Dang. Yeah. Fire, 11. fire us off a September review and that helps other people find out about the show. And then do us another solid and tell somebody you love about No Simple Road. If you love this show, the musicians that we have on, the content that we create for you, the way to share the vibratory field of this show in its essence and wholeness is to reach out to somebody that you love and spread the news so that's, that they can listen. That's like my favorite way to learn about just about anything is somebody you love being like, I love this so much, man. You need this in your life. Okay. Did I miss anything? Um, uh, the tepid yeah, line. You can call that tepid line. 808-1524. We actually have a really dope tepid line call. Don't you want to wait till we do our... Our fish recap? Yeah. Okay. All right. Eli, we got your call. It's coming Monday, everybody. And that's called a tease for all of you that aren't a in teaser. the know. And so check in on Monday and you can hear what Eli said when he called in on the tepid line, 971-808-1524. That's your three minutes of fame on the No Simple Road podcast. Call in, say whatever you want. We'll play it on the show and we'll comment. And that's how that works. So we're done. We did the business. It's under, I don't know. 20 minutes so you didn't have to hear a lot of banter and uh we're gonna get you to the interview with jake eddie everybody you are gonna dig this you got something to say Mel? no i was burping outside of the microphone <laughs> <laughs> that's very polite <laughs> wow all right you could have done it in the mic it would have been funny no all right you're a lady they don't I get need it. that like they don't what's need that like in barney from the simpsons yeah. okay everybody we love you and yes, we'll we be do. back on monday with a full recap of fish and ophelia's but right now I want you to tune your ears in and sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation we had with the amazing human being and incredible guitar player, Jake Eddy, everybody. So without further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you Jake, Jake Eddy. Eddie. 
several ways. We look good and we're intelligent. Corey said I look different today. He said, you look clean. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, man. Oh, that's funny. What's up, nerds? What's up, man? <laughs> What's up? Nerding out over here, man. What are you doing? Actually home. It's very rare. Yay, very nice. Welcome home. <laughs> you have been a busy, busy man. It's always cool, but it, yeah, definitely. Um, I like being home. You know, it's so rare that like I remember growing up and playing music and stuff. It's like I, any chance I could get to get away from home, I would take. But now, you know, it's different. <laughs> yeah, totally different thing when it's your pad and your <laughs> wife and your house and your garden. Yeah, sure. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Jake, I'm Aaron. Howdy. Howdy, brother. <laughs> I'm Apple. And Got Mel. It. I'm Mel. Mel. Okay, cool. Sweet. Right on. Man. Yeah, nice to meet you guys. This you, is great. Thanks you, for having me. Yeah, yeah. Brother, of course. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show, dude. We, we need him to introduce himself. Oh, yeah. Tell everybody that's listening. I forget to do this. Tell everybody that's listening who you are. Oh, who I am. Well, I'm Jake Eddy. I am a flat picker and lover of the simple life. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. Right on. So let's start there with the simple life. Um, yeah. You left for how many days and then the tomatoes happened? Yeah. Oh, well, dude, it's a whole thing. So the, yeah, our garden is intense. We have like... I don't know how to quantify it. We do the, like the raised bed thing. You know, we have all those big, like square wooden things in our yard. And, uh, I think we did like 32 tomato plants or something this year, 26 or something like that. Yeah. So between that and we do like some canning and stuff like that. My wife and I do like pickles and, you know, we're going to can tomatoes and peppers and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's like, you know, the garden has been away from for me to like stay doing something when I'm home. Cause like, you know, there's such a tendency to like, you work really hard on the road and then when you get home, you just like order delivery dinner and you like lay around and play the, the Xbox or whatever, you know, I don't, but whatever people, you know, whatever people do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we, yeah, so the garden has been good. Having a dog and a wife in the garden is, is just all right to keep me from going nuts here. Heck yeah. I love it. Well, man. I was going to say that to congratulations on the nuptials. Sound like you got married last November. Yeah. It's all new. Everything's new. Aww. So yeah. Yeah. Really good. It's a good thing. You know. So since it's so new and you're still kind of busy, how are you uh, managing to find the time to, you know, do all of it? Hmm. Yeah. Well, so like when, when we first got married or maybe might've been actually a little bit before, but my wife was working uh, as a teacher's aide. She did like, you know, in special needs classrooms in a middle school. And so she was working, you know, from eight to three. And then a lot of my work was kind of in the evenings, right? Whether it's like sessions or being on the road or teaching or whatever. And so it got to the point where we were working opposite schedules and it just was not fun. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, she actually ended up just quitting her job. So now she's just here all the time, which is really, really good. That's right it. On. Congratulations on that one. Man. Yeah. You know what? I well, just... that's the thing. Like we always, <laughs> you know, like when you're an artist, when you play music for a living or whatever, that you never have any gauge of like how much money do you have or like, are you, <laughs> do you, you know, maybe yeah. that's like me, specifically, but I can never like for years and years, I could never tell if we were doing all right or if we were broke or like, 
And then, yeah, we started like looking into some of this stuff. I'm like, okay, you don't, you know, if you don't want to work, you can stay here and hang out. Or if we don't want to, we want to, you know, like we we figured out that it was possible, which was nice. Well, good fuck, to know. If you right guys want to adopt three kids, man, we're we're available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got Come a dog. Out. He's got a garden. Come on, man. <laughs> I just realized yeah. I'm not recording the video. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, here. Oh, recording okay. in progress recording. yeah no no got no, it, got it. Okay. I, anyway. I was gonna ask that where 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 are you at in the world jake yeah i'm in west virginia so i'm in in okay. parkersburg i'm like on the uh i'm on the ohio border side so oh, um, okay. yeah so, so I'm, I'm closer to you know i'm a couple hours from like columbus and pittsburgh and, and that kind of scene right and you know man i i have to credit give credit where credit is due to the all seeing um, Instagram algorithm for, <laughs> for us hanging out today. You, you started coming up in, in my feed a while back and I, I gotta say, man, I, I, <laughs> I was fucking astounded. I, I, it, I've been trying to learn how to flat pick for a couple of years now. I've been playing guitar for a long time, but trying to learn how to flat pick. And watching what you do is, is really, sure. it's, it's, it's something other than just a flat picker brother. And, uh, I just really want to know, like, how did the whole, uh, playing so goddamn fast thing get started with you? Yeah, man. So, well, first off your video is a little frozen, which is okay. As long as you can still see and hear me. I got yeah. you, man. We're good. No, there you are. Yep. We're good. All right. So yeah, man, like all that super fast Instagrammy shit is kind of just that. Like I, I've been able to do that since I was a kid, and it's just it's been a good way to like. It's an easy way to show people that you have chops, right? And that's why it's good for the internet. So I can get on there and play my little shred thing, and it brings people into my world. But that's really not the way that I play. You know, it's almost it's kind of misrepresentative of like the way I really am. <laughs> you know, as a yeah. player, like when people, like if you come to see me playing, it's it's a lot more. There's more taste. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, right on. But it's like it's kind of a marketing thing. It's kind of like uh, if I can do this, then you can't say shit about my playing, right? Like this is as as badass as it can be, and from there I can like make a choice to play the way I want to play because all the the ego shit and all the whatever is like out of the way. Wow. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's like, it's like marketing too. Yeah, what a yeah. great thing to market. Like, okay, this is my best. And then when you come to see me, you get all the fun stuff. Right, 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 right. And it's, yeah, it's just a way to like, you know, like if, if people see you doing the, the hardest thing, then it's, you don't have to deal with as much of the, like, you know, like, I don't, I don't feel like there's as much doubts about my playing. Like mm -hmm. if I can, oh, yeah. if I can really impress people on the first interaction then from there it's like then i can just be however i want to be it's like making a full court basket <laughs> what right 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 off the bat yeah right yeah. fucking yeah. beginning yeah. of the game like everybody I got, shut the fuck up yeah i got skills <laughs> exactly. i get it yeah man i you know well i have to say that the the marketing works yeah I mean, it does work obviously but oh, man. it's a. Uh, is it frozen again I don't, it's working now. It's just, yeah, as long as you guys can still hear and see me, that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your video has been okay. great the whole time, actually. Great. Okay. I'm, we're lucky then. Yeah. It's, 
it's amazing to me that like anybody can do what you do musically. I'm not just talking about the playing fast thing. And you, and you say it with such nonchalance, like, oh, yeah, I've been able to do that ever since I was a little kid. Like <laughs> what even prompted you to start flat picking in the first place as a kid? Yeah, man. So I've been like really lucky first off, just to grow up here, you know, you have some advantage over like, I have, friends who live in California and Oregon and Europe and what, you know, and that are really, really great musicians and they're great musicians in this style, but they don't have that leg up of like, I, I've heard this music since I was a kid, you know, this, to me, this was like the popular form of music growing up. So the way that, you know, the way that like my parents can sing along to every, like, you know, whatever Beatles song or whatever it is, I know all the Stanley brothers or whatever so it's very like it's ingrained in the way i grew up and like the things i heard so that's the first thing and then i was lucky to be around great guitar players like my mom is a great guitar player who plays um who was raised playing bluegrass but played a lot of finger style stuff when i was a kid with like all five of her fingers you know so i'm like very in tune with that like sound of arpeggios and these like long linear lines that are like super chordal and all this stuff and then my grandpa was like a bluegrass player who also played some like Chet Atkins finger style stuff. And, you know, fast forward a bit when I, I took my first touring gig when I was 14 playing banjo Whoa. for this guy, Melvin Goins, who is like a old school bluegrass legend. And the guitar player in his band was junior Blankenship, who was like a played for like Ralph Stanley. And he was like, um, he did all the, cross picking stuff so i got to stand next to him every night for like two years when i was 14 and you know so just a lot of stuff like that just the perfect story apparently when you have a house sometimes people knock on the door that, hey man, that <laughs> does happen it happens and dogs react damn dude our dog is 130 pounds when somebody knocks on the door it's like a bomb going a off yeah it's a whole fucking thing that happens so don't worry about it it's all good. I'm hiding in a different room now. My wife's like, no, I'll take care of it. She's like, <laughs> I can't. Right on. She's got your back. So, got my back. you know, at 14 years old, I, my 14 year old brain wouldn't have even known how to do process that. Was it an adjustment yeah. for you to be standing next to those guys at that age? Or were you just like, fuck it, I'm good enough. I'm going to be here. It was a little bit of both, you know, because like I still liked fart jokes and boobs and you know stuff like that. Like that's yeah, that's still all. There. I still like that shit now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just so. But like, um, it was one of those things where I just wanted, like, I looked up to those guys so much that it just felt like a, like I, I didn't feel like I had a choice. Like, and I've told this story on like a million podcasts, so I don't have to. I don't want to like booger this up and tell it again. But basically, I. I just got this call to join this guy's band and my parents said, yeah, like you can do it, but you have to have a chaperone because they're, we're not dumb. You know, they kind of yeah. knew what that life was like. And, um, so the, I ended up taking my grandpa with me and he got hired into the band playing bass. So we both got to go together cool. for like two years. Oh, Yeah. Wow. That's it was really cool. So fun with your grandpa. Is he still around? <laughs> yeah. Wow. He's man. not. No. Serious bummer. But uh yeah. 
I'm sorry, man. That- so you come from a long line of musicians then. Yeah, so I um you know, I always used to give credit to my mom's side because that's where my grandpa, he was my mom's dad. And he learned banjo. He had a like a great uncle figure who was like a grandpa to him who always wanted to learn the banjo and couldn't. And so he learned it kind of learned banjo and guitar to like, you know, for his grandpa's dream sort of. Yeah. And I sort of repeated that, you know, unbeknownst to me, but like, and, um, but then I come to find out later in life that on my dad's side, my grandpa was a picker and I also had cousins on my dad's side that played fiddle on the Opry. So these are not people that I really knew very well, but that it was there too. So it's in the genes for real. Yeah, man. It's and, and it's also like my you know, my parents made it never forced, but always seemed cool. Like my dad was not a musician, but he loved music and he always had like a lot of good records and and I remember my mom like kind of was in a working little bar band when I was a kid and just like I don't know, all my favorite people were like pickers and stuff, so it just made sense. You know, growing up like that, and this might be a weird question, but like Growing up with that influence and doing the things that you did, do you feel like you missed out on regular kid shit? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I don't know the feeling, you know, of being like a kid. I don't remember it really. It seems so weird to say that. Um, But, you know, the most like formative years of your life, I think are like from, you know what, like from 12 to 18, that's like when you really know stuff and you have your own ideas and you have, um, I didn't have any of that, you know, from when I was 10 to 14, I was like in my room with the banjo or the guitar for 10, 12 hours a day. And then, um, and then took the gig and like that, that grew me up. You know, I was like a a grown man when I came back, how I felt at least, you know? Um, so no, I don't, there's so many of those things that I have gaps where like, I don't know if you guys ever, like when you went to, if you ever met like homeschool kids when you were growing up and you're like, they're missing something. Like they had, they don't have something that the public school kids have. And I was kind of like that. Like, and even still, like we get together with my friends and they'll put on a record or they'll talk about like a video game or a movie. And I'm like, so lost, you know, like, I don't remember that. I don't have that. My wife specifically, we just had this like huge thing the other day about this movie, Stand By Me. Do you know what this is? Oh, yes. yes. I know the movie. Yeah. Never heard of it. Never saw it. Nothing. And they were all telling me like, this is very important. At, and, you know, so yeah. shit like that, that I don't have like, you know, okay. so, right in the face you made. That's like, I have no clue. It didn't. I just surely don't miss it. Maybe it was good, but I don't know. Like, Jay, it just wasn't, need, I didn't have that. No, 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 no. Hang on. Next time you come to Oregon. If you haven't seen Stand By Me by then, you're going to come over and we're going to have okay. dinner and we're going to fucking watch Stand By Me. Just okay, pro- it's a deal. I'll do it. I'll do it for you. It, yeah. Either that or before that, you was imagine your wife would probably want to sit down and watch it with you if you haven't seen it. Apple's it, a movie well, nerd. The whole, the whole point of this thing was I, I told them I hadn't seen it and they all said, well, too late. Like, it won't work on you now. Like, whatever, you know, they were like, oh, uh, because- oh it's like a coming of age, this yes. and that. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's okay. true. Seeing it as a kid back when it came out is, is a little different than seeing it grown up. Yeah, sure. I, it's a that's a weird trade off, man. That 
I would sitting where I'm sitting right now, I would, if I had the choice, I would gladly trade my childhood experiences for being able to do what you do musically. It's easy for me to say, you know what I mean? Sitting here, but sure. I, I, how do you feel about the choice now that you've done it? Well, I don't know what the alternative might oh, feel true. like. Right? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, mm. I don't know. I mean, for me, it's been like, um, I'm glad that all the things I have are the thing, you know, like I'm glad it is the way it is, but it, I don't know. I, there's obviously benefit of being a kid. You're not supposed to be a man. <laughs> yes. At 14. Instantly. Yeah. yeah. That's um, true. So that, I mean, I think I just, I wish I, in some ways I think I wish to remember like um, not having a goal. You know what I mean? Like oh, when you're shit. Not, yeah. Oriented or goal oriented. You're supposed to just like have fun and, and try to behave. But I don't remember that. <laughs> well, I mean, the the fruit of all of that is being one of the most accomplished musicians that I've seen. And and like you said, you don't know um, what you're missing out what on. you're missing out on. So I guess that that's a, you got a hell of a deal. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree. It's just like. Um, I don't know, but you know, it's funny, like when I was a kid, I remember that I hated being a kid, like even before I was playing music or like, um, like I remember when I was like seven, eight, nine, you know, like the first memories of my life, I remember being like, being a kid sucks. Like when I was in <laughs> kindergarten, I thought that going to school was like a ripoff already, you know, and I was like six or whatever. And I thought the teachers were dumb and I thought the kids were all dumb and they were like, babies compared to me <laughs> and I was five, you know, or like, and I felt that way my whole life, like all the shit that everybody, like, I just felt old. I always felt old. I always wanted to like, I always wanted to like drink coffee or like, so, like smoke cigarettes or drive a truck or do like, whatever, you know, whatever yeah. like old guys did. That's what I thought I was cool. I wanted to do that shit. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I was meant to be a kid really. You know what, man? I, I honestly understand what you're talking about. I have a son. He He's actually turning 21 in a couple of days. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. See? And that's him. Like, a thousand percent. He was, he was that's born, what that just born a grown-up. Yeah, like, when you were saying that, you were describing our son. And I just wonder, in relation to your playing, do you feel like your playing is from a a old soul place as well? Like... Do you, the, the way that you kind of like not just brought up on it but like the interest you could be surrounded by music and not care about it or think you know like oh I want to play with Legos instead or I'm going to go play outside you know what I mean like in regards to like that old feeling do you think that maybe it was from somewhere else as well yeah maybe I mean like I um guess i don't know i guess it just what the thing of it is like it feels like the most honest version of music that i know because it's representative of like the like when you listen to bluegrass music and you like there's you know like there's these fiddle tunes these old instrumental songs and like when you when you read the names of them you might see one that's called like big sandy river or cumberland gap or 
whatever. And like for people who aren't from here, those names are arbitrary. Mm-hmm. But I can drive by those things and point at them and say, there's the big Sandy River. Or there, here's the Cumberland Gap. Or the, oh, like shit. they're things that are they're pertinent to the my entire like understanding of what the world is. And, yeah. and you know, so it's it's deep. Um, <laughs> it is. It's so friggin' deep. And it's like. You know, where like if you grow up in Brooklyn, you might be great at rap music. Or like when you listen to rap music, you might know references. Like when you listen to these like guys like uh, like Biggie or Wu Tang or whatever. When you when, when I listen to that stuff, it feels fake. I think it's great music, but I don't know any of the references, right? But if you if you live that lifestyle or you're from there, then you dig it. So yeah. um, that's that's really it, cool. Yeah. See, it's like you're never separated from it. It's you're you, you are, are it. you are music, Jake. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna say too, and beyond that, like obviously you're a very good player, but like especially listening to the the album, the live at the Spanish Ballroom, you're beyond a musician. You are a showman, like performer. You are funny the way you interact with the crowd and stuff like you've got chops beyond the chops on the guitar, you know how to work a room and that's impressive because not everybody has that in them. Well, like, I mean, I'm you know, like just a bullshitter by nature. Like I've always been good at just like <laughs> chewing the fat, you know, hanging out and like, um, but like the, um, the music, kind of go side by side with that storytelling thing. Cause when you go to a jam or a pick or whatever, it's like half planned and half bullshit and like cutting up, you know, telling jokes or whatever. So it's like a lot of, um, you know, I don't know when I go and do the solo show specifically, I just pretend I'm back here hanging with my buddies or my grandpa or whatever. It's like the, it's the whole vibe is the same. It's very like, I meet people at shows all the time and they go like, man, you're, you know, after the show, they say you act the same during the show or and after the show, or they say you're just like you are online, or you're just like you are on that podcast. And it's like, yeah, like I don't really turn anything on. You know, it's just the same old <laughs> shit. But I, but it's who it's me. It's like I'm not. I don't. It's not like a manufactured thing. I just just am. You just get to be yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Dang. You just get to be yourself. That, you don't that's a mouthful. To, yeah, yeah. To, to be able to be successful in being yourself, I think. A lot of people try to um, a- attain that, like they want to be their most natural and authentic self, but they end up, you know, putting on a suit and tie that doesn't really suit them, or they hang out with people that aren't really, you know, their style or fun. But they do it, and you come yeah. to a place where, with like your music and your personality, you're just just you yourself, and that's really that's another reason why there's interest in you as well because of that. That's um, that's like rock and roll. If I've ever heard, you know what I mean? Like being so yeah, bold, no, I think so too. right. That's like being so bold as to be yourself regardless. And like you said, you're coming out the gate with the full court shot. And so there's nothing to contest or, or even really questions like what I'm You've just gotten that shit out the way. Yeah, I'm well, doing and, d- Jake, what the, the world that we live in too, man, is a, a very plastic, especially in the entertainment industry everything is not what it seems or it's you know smoke and mirrors and makeup and silicone or whatever tricks and licks and all this bullshit when you have somebody (laughs) that's just them 
And that's the thing. That's rare. Spe- very special. Man. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. Like for real, that's a special thing. And I think that's like what caught me in seeing your clips on Instagram. Like, first of all, this dude shreds, but there's more here to the story. And that's kind of why I wanted to meet you and talk to you is like, I wanted to find out what sure. was behind it. And it makes sense now that I'm talking to you. It's, and you know, going to your show and seeing you do what you do, like Apple was saying, like interacting with the crowd and all that. I think that that's refreshing for people, man. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's not, you're not seeing like, personified Jake Eddie, you're just seeing the dude do his thing. Yeah, man. And that's even more fun for me, like, um, out where you guys are, yeah. <laughs> like to, to be me in California or Seattle or Oregon is like so much fun because yes. it's like, it feels even more like invigorating, <laughs> you I, know, like here it's on everybody's like, but out there I'm like an oddity and I don't have to even try it. Yeah, it's like very fun. <laughs> that's yeah. that's a. I mean, that's true. For for people coming up, Jake, that's a really um, cool example. You know, like especially now that I well maybe maybe your whole life because you're around it, but it seems as if um, bluegrass and that style, even country music, it seems like it's kind of getting its day in the mainstream right now. And so a lot of people are, you know, picking up those kinds of instruments or that's those style of playing. And for people coming up that are younger to have somebody like you to look to, to develop your own style instead of create something that's not themselves. Persona. You know, like that's a, that's. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many like people that I'll talk to at shows or at these like Oh, dude, like Nam. You guys know Nam. You ever yeah. go to that show? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when, you know, you meet these people whose whole goal in our industry is to create something that's palatable to consumers or to like fans. And they'll talk to me and they'll say, like, man, how do you like, how do you think about making content or how do you approach, like, how do you increase these metrics on your accounts or how do you, and it's like, dude. I, whatever the thing I'm about to do in my real life is, I just push that little red button before that's <laughs> it. You know, I don't, there's nothing else to it. And like that's sick. people can tell, they can tell when you're trying to spin something to them and they can tell, like, I, I want the stuff of me online to just look like a moment in time captured with my little camera. Cause that's all it really is. Like, I don't even, I'm, it's not a camera with or a mic or anything. It's like my phone. I prop people. Like I record these videos every day. I don't even own like a tripod. I put it on like, I lean it up on a candle or something. You know, I don't have like, it's not an operation. You know, you see these guys who make content that's like, it looks so cinematic. And it's like, if you have time to do all that, like you're probably not practicing. You know, like I just don't know. I just don't get it. I, that's well, beautiful. You cut through the bullshit, Jake. That's yeah. what it sounds like. You just, like you, you cut through the bullshit. You also know how to bullshit. That's why you can cut through it. Yeah, right. Because I can spot it. I think too. Yes. It's like, right. you really exactly. have learned a lot in your. How old are you, Jake? Oh, I shouldn't even say. Okay, I'm you not, don't have I to. Even say. You don't have to say. He's twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm twenty three. Uh, well, no. <laughs> For real? For real? Oh my gosh! 
Whoa. I'll be 24 soon. In a couple of weeks, I'll be 20. Oh, my gosh. My head just fucking you blew up. blowing my yeah. mind. Wow. Blowing right. my mind, Jake. That's insane. So, well, it's like, I used to always resist giving my age for that reason where people would be like, it, they either overcompensate, they go like, oh, my God, you're amazing for being so young. Or they go like, oh, you're young. You don't know shit, right? And, but the <laughs> yeah. way I always... Like the way I've always thought about it is like if you're if you if you turn into an adult when you when you turn eighteen, right? So when like when you're thirty, you've had ten years of uh, adulthood, mm-hmm. you know. But I started touring over ten years ago, you know. Like uh, so, it's it's kind of like I don't know. I, I feel like I've been an adult for a long time. Jake, though, I, I get it. I was a mother at sixteen years old. I've been, and I'm a grandmother at 44 years. Yeah. I was 40 years old when I became a grandmother. So I get, get I get that all the time. Like the, the mix of like, Oh, you you know, you look good for being a grandma, same type of thing, you know? So I I get it like that kind of mentality and you are just who you are. It's normal to you. And there's like this big deal. I'm just saying like, there's so much wisdom coming from you. um, Both, physically through your playing and then when as we're talking to you through your you know just your knowledge of life like 23 doesn't seem um you know like enough years but what does seem like enough yeah Do you know what lot, i mean like a lot of what does seem like enough <laughs> yeah well i always thought about it like kind of the other way like if i were if i were 40 now i'd feel underdeveloped or whatever you know like right yeah yeah. I haven't done enough in my opinion for four. I mean, shit, maybe I don't know if I've done more than a lot of people in 40, but like, I, it's like, a, like I always looked at it the other way. Like if I, if I'm doing more at a young age, like that's a, it shouldn't take you 40 years to do your thing. If you do it right and you do it well, it shouldn't take forever. Yeah. 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 A thousand percent. But there's folks like me that didn't, <laughs> didn't figure out what the fuck they wanted to do. A lot like, of people yeah, don't know. I, I tried sure. everything and never figured it it out. And also that you also have natural talent. That's, we're not, we're not talking about that. That's, that's something that's real. But I want to go back to something that Mel said, you know, like, and I, I I agree too. Right now, bluegrass is kind of having its day in the sun. There's a, there's a little bit of a revival going on. And uh, I'm curious what your take on that is. Do you, do you see it happening or no? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I do, um, in, you know, in some, in some ways, there's more people who want to, I mean, yeah, there's more interest, definitely more interest, but I'm not sure if that's all trickling down in the right way. It's like, and, and I don't like, I've had conversations with this about this online or with friends or whatever. And, and like, I sort of think I don't, I don't really want to hear another, anybody from anywhere else until people from Appalachia have like had their due, you know? Oh, and like, shit, and I man. really, really am friends with a lot of guys who aren't from here who are great and make a huge splash and they're doing like awesome. And I'm happy for them and they're bettering everybody, you know? And like, but I, um, I don't know. I have some soft spot with like, I want to see, I want to see more success for people who are closer to the source. And like, I got lucky. Like I broke out of here and whatever. And it's done well for me. And I do what I can to like uplift other folks from like my region, but it's, um, 
I guess I don't know. A lot of people here don't have the skills to like market it or to get themselves seen. But the, mm. I guess I don't, I guess what I'm getting at is I don't want to, I don't want the New Yorks and the Californias mm. and the wherevers of the world to make all the money on this shit when there's all these people here who are so, so good. And, and so like, uh, just, you know, like they, they mine this shit from us, you know, it's like, it's commodified, but it's, wow. um, I, I don't know. I would just like to see more representation of, of people from where it's from, <laughs> you know? Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. Right, right. And that's like, we've had this conversation. I think we had it with Marcel and and a couple of other people that like, that's kind of the beef with the traditional bluegrass guys with the jamgrass guys. It's like you're, you're changing the art form and it wasn't yours to start with. So what's happening? And I yeah, th- right. There, there's people that, um, I, I think I should clarify people who listen to this are instantly going to go, like, he's talking about Billy strings, which like, no, I'm not. I, me and Billy have played recently and connected. And I think he's, great and he's the shit and i love you billy if you're listening um you know he's he's not my he's not my problem i think billy's the the dude but you know there's all these like i should stop before i get myself in trouble but there's so many things that are like out there that are just there's so much weak shit man and like so yeah that's the thing you know you have people who who kind of are grand who are guests who are grandfathered in who who get a little too involved Mm. okay okay that's fair that's yeah. fair man and yeah it, it, look there is something to be said for where something comes from that's just yeah, the, of course. that's just the fucking truth like that's that's I, not well, I, I just wanted to say this too because that's not um bluegrass is one example uh take yoga that's a huge example Dude, um, yeah psychedelics is another example yeah, like plant medicines and things like that um we can kind of go on and on what happens is you know i think people i don't know if it's just america i don't know people everywhere but i think people maybe um take these traditions without necessarily giving the proper honor or respect or acknowledgement you know and i think if that was done that a lot of the people that you know, are from these homelands of these treasured things that we're talking about wouldn't be as salty. Yeah. Salty or, or frustrated or, yeah. you know, underrepresented. Like you said, these amazing plate, you know, uh, musicians from the Appalachian place mountains and the, the South and, and they're kind of being, you know, ignored or kind of not even acknowledged where other people, like you said, it's, it's maybe like the diluted version, yet they're getting this notoriety representing something that they just step their toe in. 
Well, yeah, and it's just like you know, I think bluegrass and is for it's for everybody. But let you know, let people have their first dibs on it. You know, like when when I was in, I went to music school for like a year and stopped going for you know a million reasons. But I remember there was like these African drumming ensembles that were full of like shirtless white guys with war paint on them. Like, what are we doing here? It's like the, you know, yeah. it's like it's strange. It's offensive. It's it's just odd. Has, yeah. has it's the odd? Would you say that um, playing guitar has been a place that you find comfort? It's like the only place I find any comfort, man. Yeah, I mean, and also a huge, huge point of insanity and. and unwellness and rage and you know it's it's all those things but yeah at its best it's like the most comforting thing yeah Mm -hmm. for sure where what what's the insanity and the rage um you know the the disconnect between what you hear and what you can play is like maddening and that and that shrinks you know over time it's it's not a problem now like it is when you're young but it's still a thing that like i don't i'll never ever catch up to my brain you know never and and so that's part of it and the other thing for me has been like obsessive practice where i've done this since i was a kid um you know a lot of my routine in the day here is like get up take a shower play some guitar hang with my wife pick my garden whatever like you know we talk about these things that i do and like there's some semblance of a normal life that i have but there's also days where i go to the studio and like lock the doors and crank it out with the metronome for like 10 hours you know and these things that like and i can't it's like it when when it when the switch is on it's on like in a really major way that can be a little troubling um <laughs> Good thing it's a healthy outlet. Yeah. Yeah, man. Good thing. Yeah, for real. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, if it's a healthy outlet that you can do that 10 hours, could you imagine if it was a, a negative or something, in a habit that you didn't want to continue? Like, yeah, well, I've, I've, that too. I mean, I, you know, like, I, I, um, there's been, this is way, I'm way oversharing for the podcast, but like, I, you know, there's been total, there's been other things like that in my life, you know, like, Gambling was a thing for a short time for me where I like, I, I have the tendency to go on a tear with stuff, you know, with whatever yes. it is that I like to do. Okay. Um, hmm. And yeah, thank God it's usually just guitar, but I have that, whatever that thing is, the, you know, the all or nothing mm. all the time thing. You're, I definitely got it. You're in good company. Yeah, as I say, we know, we know somebody like that. That's how yeah, he is. All or nothing. Whether all, it's, all, whether like it's good time, or bad. Whatever that, you know, yeah. yeah, for sure. And I've had my, my share of fucked up. Yeah. Good things. or good or bad. It's 100% in with Aaron. I, I, uh, well, what, you know, what you give energy to grows, right? And look so at the garden. Yeah, man. That that's the truth of the matter, and and if you're given your intense and comforting and sad and wicked oh. energy at your instrument, then you're gonna get that out of your instrument. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I by no means ten hours a day, but I'll sit down with my guitar and get stuck playing the same three riffs over and over again until I think I've got them perfect. You know what I mean? Just over and over and over. like, fuck, it's been an hour and 40 minutes and I haven't done any work. I, I have <laughs> sure. to say, I have to say that I am not a musician. I just 
stir, uh, picked up the banjo um, in October. Um, nice. You were talking about maddening, right? Like you know, learn <laughs> this. Yes, it, it definitely pulls these kind of emotions out of you that, um, like, you want to play something that you think you can play in your head and you can't. All yeah. of that stuff. But not being a musician, I can really see how being a musician, you you have to be a little bit mad, isn't like. I, Oh yeah. Right. Like that's, that's part of the personality. That's part of the charm. That's part of why like the average person sees a musician and is in awe and will clap and do a standing ovation and sing along. Like you can't get those kinds of results without, with having a straight normal mind. You just can't do it. It's, it's, it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, this is not something that I've ever like talked at much length about, but it's, I mean, no, it's so true. And like, you know, for me, it's been like, I have that thing too, where like, first off I have that thing, there's a name for this. I don't know what it is, but like I associate collars with tones. Synesthesia. Synesthesia. Right. Where I almost like, I literally almost see them like, you know, not in the room with me, but like my, in my mind's eyes, like crushed with that color of whatever it, it is. And I can do it like all day, white, red, baby blue, blue, yellow, orange, green, brown, right. These things are like, it's been like that my whole life. So that's part of it. That's like a little bit maddening. Cause it's not just like listening to music. It's like this whole thing. That's like attacking my head. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is like listening to music. Like I can listen to a record in my head right now, like records that I know I can put them on and Wow. Not like remember what it sounds like, but I can like hear it in my head. You know, it's not like that's yeah, fucking that's, that's unusual. Dope. I, it's yeah, it's too Thank much you. sometimes, what? and that's where the problem yeah. comes in. You know. Thanks for going at length with us for uh, talking about the inside the brain because this is the part that I find fascinating. Yeah, like sure. of course you you know again you did your long shot you you rip but the the brain that um is behind that is really interesting and it helps to understand your music that much further when you listen to the music you know just kind of giving us a little piece of like what's going on and then when you see that music again or hear that music you kind of can uh, apply the knowledge to that you know and yeah so just thank you for getting a little bit deep than you normally do we appreciate sure yeah no i yeah, sure thing. I wanted to ask one thing about um, how did you start inviting people to your house for music <laughs> lessons? <Yeah. laughs> That's yeah. an interesting concept. Well, I think I always joke with my wife about like on the surface level, it's like, how can I do less work, make more money? Right. That's like what everybody does. Totally. Hell yeah. Um, but really, man, what it is, is like the online lessons. I love to do them. People, if you're listening, uh, I'll take your money and I'll teach you things. That's fine. But the... The online lessons don't have, there's like a time constraint. If you book me for an hour Zoom lesson, I feel like I owe you something in that hour. And I, I do owe you something in that hour. But when, so when you're here for five days, we can tr- like track down whatever it is. If, we, if we're inspired by the way hay blows in the wind, we can drive out on a hillside somewhere and look at it. You know, it, it's like not... It, it can be totally abstracted and it's not just about like, here's a lick, here's a whatever. It's about like, we have dinners together and we wake up and make coffee together and we play tunes and we listen to records. And it's like this all encompassing thing where we can chase down any little thing that we want and it has value and we have the time and resource to do it. 
Um, and so like, that's the value in it from a teaching perspective. And I, I got the idea from this guy, Dennis Chang. Have you ever heard of Dennis Chang? He's no. a, he's a, he does this jazz guitar curriculum. He lives in, uh, I think Toronto, Quebec, maybe, but he, um, he does a homestay where I might be misrepresenting this a little bit, but he hires like an assistant to help him transcribe for his website. Mm-hmm. And in exchange, they live with him and they learn jazz guitar for like two, could be two years or something. And I don't want to do that, <laughs> but I thought, well, it's cool to like, you know, you welcome people in and you can really give them like a full experience and they can see, cause really, you know, it's, it's not about learning to play guitar. It's about learning how to learn to play guitar or learning yeah. how to approach the instrument. And when you come here and live my day to day life with me, I think it, it's a much clearer picture than just put your fingers here and move your hand like this or whatever. It's, oh yeah. That becomes a different thing. It's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a attempting to learn how to speak Spanish with a Duolingo. It's like an app on my phone. Yeah. Right. right? Or I could go live in Mexico for a year and get immersed, and get, and get immersed in it and really understand the nuance and the culture and the why and the how of it instead of just the mechanics yeah. on the page. And, but it, that's a bold move to just like, you know, folks off the internet come hang out at my house for a week. Yeah, man. It's funny. Like we, <laughs> we, uh, we've only locked our bedroom door for one guest and I'll never, <laughs> I'll never share which you're listening. Maybe it might've been you. Uh, and you've had hundreds of guests. God, leave it a mystery. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So yeah, we, we basically, I mean, it, you know, really what it is is like, it takes a, certain crazy person to invite people in their home mm-hmm. like that. And it takes some certain crazy person to go. So like you'd, you'd actually be surprised. Like the personality types are pretty consistent. Like the kind of people we get are kind of the same person over and over again. Wow. Okay. Um, that can, that makes sense. It's and, and we've had everything we've had, like um, we had a, we've had tennis pros. We've had uh, like doctors, lawyers, psychologists, we've had professional musicians. We've had like pe- people with no job that I don't know where the money comes from. Like, you know, like all sorts of these guys that are just, um, just whoever, you know, and the, our paths cross over flat picking. It's, it's been really like the dopest, like <laughs> fun musician sleepover vacation ever. <laughs> Yeah. We're gonna hang out well, it's cool. Like I, I used to always when it first. Yeah. No, when it first started, I was like, man, I just want to get a lazy student that doesn't want to do anything. I used to always make that joke. Like, let's get a student in here that doesn't give a chair. And then I had one once and it was a nightmare, you know? So, um, yeah, I like it when they come and like really want to play and work and like do the thing and not like, I've had people who come and say like, I just booked this so we could, I could meet you. And I'm like, Oh boy. is that is that weird to you like um fame celebrity notoriety any is that kind of a weird thing or you like understand how to deal with that um yeah so like i i don't i i'm not active in my local music scene in any regard i don't go to clubs i don't go to shows i don't play shows here i don't do any of that um, you know, it feels like my home life is here and, cool. you know, my, my dates and my other stuff is kind of away from here, which I like. 
So, you know, when I bump into people here, they'll go like, oh, my God, Jake, like I thought you lived in Nashville. Or I thought you lived in L.A. or whatever. And I like that. I want them to think I'm long gone. That's fine. You know, that's cool because we can just <laughs> not that there's going to be people here banging down on my door. Or whatever, yeah. But it's like, a, you know, it's just a thing. But, you know, I get yeah, I get recognized at stuff like like the uh, like airports is one. I always get like a couple at the airport, you know, like maybe two and stuff like that. I don't really, I like to say howdy, but that's it. Cause it's like, it, they always, you always bump into these guys at like the worst place. You know, it's always like at the, in the bathroom at the airport or like after the gig, <laughs> when you're loading up like the heaviest thing in your car, or you know, it's like, um, come on, man. Right, but I, but I'm so appreciative. Like, cause I, we have a better life than I could ever have gotten with any real job or, you know, like it's been, we've been really lucky. So I try to not be a, a turd about it. You know, I just. <laughs> yeah. Living it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. You recently got your dream guitar, right? Is this right? Holy. Yeah. Is I've it... been holding it like this since I bought it. I, yeah. <laughs> So it's like your shield, your, your, your better half, <laughs> your like all these things, your baby. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I don't normally ask about stuff like this, but I want to nerd out on a little bit with you. Can you explain to all of us what it is and, and why it was so special? Yeah. Well, so it's, it's a 1943 D28 Martin D28 and like, um, if you know like stuff about acoustic guitars, this is any new acoustic guitar that you buy is made to pretend to be this. Like this is the Stradivarius, the whatever. This is as much, basically as much money as you can ever spend on a guitar is, is what this will cost. You know, it's like a whole thing. And, you know, the, the short story of it is like I was at this camp I was teaching and some of my friends that, you know, I know a couple guys who also own these guitars and like, I asked them like, how do you get, how do you get like a hundred thousand dollars to buy a guitar or whatever? Right. And they're all like, Oh, you know, you got to find somebody who likes your playing, who also owns one of these and they will help. Right. That's like the secret. You got to find a fan who has one that was their grandpa's that they found in a barn or, or whatever. And then as soon as they said that, I remembered like from years ago, there was this guy who, had this guitar who told me, Hey, if you ever want to buy an old herringbone, let me know. I'd love to like get this to you. And I like never even, I never even thought of it again until that moment. So I instantly called him and was like, do you have it? What, like, how can we make it work? <laughs> and he did. And he sold it to me for like still the, the most money I've ever like had in my hands, but it was less than, you know, it was like less than half of what you would buy it for at Carter Groon wow. or something like that. And, um, so I, yeah, I sold a couple guitars and like, yeah, I mean, I had a little savings and sold some, like I had other vintage guitars. I had a 1940 Gibson J 35 and I had a 51 D 18. I sold both of those. Um, the D 18 specifically was like, I sold way over market value because I had played it on like 50 records and it was on, played it on the Opry like three or four times. And, um, you know, I, I was telling my students or this like at this camp, a little table of my students, like I said, yeah, if I sold that D18, I said, it's probably worth, you know, like X amount of dollars, but I'd probably try to sell it for X, X amount of dollars right. because of 
all these different things I played it on. And this guy just goes, I'll buy it like right off the bat and gave me the money and bought it. And I was like, shit. So then I had all this like cash and I went and bought, I went and bought it. So. Oh my wow. God. So that should happen like in the blink of an eye. The generosity of like 10 people. Yeah. It was crazy. Does does yours go like is there I'd imagine I mean you're that's an eighty year old instrument you're holding. Do you know is there a history behind it that you were given or Yeah, a little bit. The guy that I bought it from lives in uh like Cleveland ish. And uh he bought it like maybe late eighties, early nineties in Michigan, and it was found in somebody's basement full of mold. And um, so he took it to this guy, Dave Musselwhite, who was like the, he used to be the head of repair at Martin and stuff for all these years. And um, he like brought it back to life. And, and basically I, when I almost, when I was about to buy this, I got a hold of him and said, Hey, do you have any notes on this guitar? Like what was done to it? Is it like really worth a shit? Like, you know, I know it sounds great, but like, what do you know about it? It's, you know, and it basically said, if you don't buy it, you're an idiot. Like, go buy it now. <laughs> don't don't negotiate one cent. Like, just get the money and go buy oh, it. And so I did. What? Okay. I, well, yeah. I have a question because not everybody who's not a music nerd knows this, but like most things that are 80 years old, you don't want an 80 year old car. You don't want it well worn in. What is it about? And how does that happen? Like, what is it about an older piece and how does it happen that it makes, it makes it worth that much money to someone like yourself? Well, yeah. Well, so for the starters, like it just has like some inherent rarity, like there's not many of them, you know, and then like the wood has a lot to do with it. So back in the forties, you could still go and like pillage and plunder countries for their Brazilian rosewood. Okay. It was like super bad shit, but you could like go and, get this wood you could go chop down forests and stuff and get this shit and which you know bad behavior but really really great sets of brazilian rosewood and then so that was some of it this is all like protected by like sites and stuff and you have to have all this paperwork if you're going to buy it or sell it or transport it and like the quality of the wood was all better like all the rosewood was better the spruce was older and stuff and you know so now guitars like they don't guitar builders don't have the capability to get this old wood. And then like the, these were built super light. And then as time went on, they were like having to be repaired all the time because they're like exploding because they're built too light kind of. And it was causing all these like warranty problems where they were having to fix too many guitars. So they started building them heavier and then the whole thing like goes downhill. So this is before, basically it's made before anyone had any sense, you know, it's just very, like, <laughs> it's very lightly built with really great wood. And it's like, it can't be recreated due to like a million reasons, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So on, on your, upon first meeting, when you strummed it the first time, did you know? Well, so I, had, like I said, I had played it years before and oh. been kind of like haunted by it, you know, but it'd been so long. I didn't know if like, I didn't know if my taste would have changed or maybe the guitar had changed. And yeah, I, I mean, what I wanted to do was just walk in with the money and go, here you go, take the guitar and leave. Right. I didn't want to like draw it out. It was like the whole thing was just barely skating by, but let's just get this thing and, and run away. And, but I sat down and played it for, excuse me, like maybe an hour and uh it was getting better and better you know like every minute it was like really waking up and it was like spooky and so i had this 
big like gallon freezer bag of cash that literally I had to send money to my mom, my brother, my dad, my wife, my friends to go to the bank and get it because I couldn't get it all. Like it was, oh, I couldn't yeah. get it all out. <laughs> you know, so like I had this big stupid bag of money and I took it to him and I played the guitar and I gave him the money. I said, I'll take it. I gave him the money and he took it to the kitchen to count it. And he left me in the, in the living room with his wife and my wife and my brother were there. And she said, I told him not to do it. That's what she did. Oh, shit. So, you know, but she was kind of being like tongue in cheek, but it wasn't, it was an emotional thing where this was something of real value that he was parting with for way under value to, to like, to patronize, like to, yeah. to be a patron of my art, you know? So, That's so sick. And, uh, he came back and he said the money was good. And he was like, you know, he's, when I was packing it up, he's like, man, I haven't done a gig without it in 30 years or whatever. And he's just like going on and on. And it was, we took this, <laughs> it's kind of funny. We took this picture. I said, man, let's take a picture together. You know, we can like both kind of hold it and we'll take this picture. And so my wife take, is about to take the picture and right, like right before she hit the button, he said, hard to smile. Oh. And it was really like, ah, damn it, it broke my heart. But it was, he he wanted to do it. It was just tough, you know? Yeah, and, yeah but at the uh, same time, you could wipe those tears with $100 bills, honey. It's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, sure enough. And I don't, you know, he's a really good dude. And he still writes me and will be like, hey, how's that thing treating you? Or like, send a photo or, you know, it's really cool. It's, it's like, it's not just like a guitar you go buy at the store. This thing has like a, its own... Like I'm, I'm hanging on to it, but it's got its own destiny and its own it, thing. Yeah, going yeah, on. yeah. They're, they're, man, man, you deserve it. All those things, yeah. those little things that kind of the synchronicities and like the memories that kind of pop up, the people in place, like that means that it, it wanted its hand, your hands on it. It really. That's, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. It was, it was spooky. The whole thing was like when I got it and brought it home. So Cleveland is like three and a half hour, you know, three three and a half hours for me. And I played it at his house for like an hour, maybe a little less. And then for like two days after I got it, I never even got it out of the case. It just like sat in my living room and I just would like kind of look at it and be like, oh, it was weird. It was like, <laughs> it's more like the value of it is one thing. And then like the history of it and just like that I got it and it was all came together really quick. It was like, it was strange. I just would look at it. I would like open the case and look at it and shut the lid. You know, I didn't even, <laughs> it took me time to even start to get to know it. It was really odd. And now you won't put it down. Wow. I, no, I haven't, man. And I, like, I just, I just played it on like the first, you know, I do a lot of session work. And so this, this has just now gotten on like the first few records since I've had it. So it's been really good. Wow. How does it, how does it translate into the studio? It's insane. I mean, it does every, it, like, you know, you get some guitars where like, they'll go, Oh, this mic doesn't sound great. Let's try another. Or, right. Oh, let's notch out this 20 K or this thing. Every it's great everywhere. Every time on anything, it's like requires no setup. It's just right there. It's an angel. It just wow. sings. Yeah. 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 It's incredible. I, uh, and I, I haven't had it on many stages either. Like, cause I've been doing again lately, more session work, more teaching, more writing, whatever. But the few times it's been like on a microphone live, it's, it's wicked. I mean, it's just sick. It's really gnarly. Oh, it's congratulations, man. You fucking deserve Thanks, it. Like man. Yeah. Said. Yeah. yeah, that's that's dope. I I mean by I've no, never heard a story like that. Yeah, and by <laughs> no means is my guitar anywhere near in the stratosphere of that one, but I just got my first Martin um about a month ago. Like That's so, awesome. Yeah, some guy bought it and 
was didn't like it and was selling it for like less than half of what he bought it for. And my buddy that I play music with found it like on offer up and he, he sent me the picture. He's like, I found your guitar. And, uh, I was like, yeah, that's cool. It's, you know, it's this much money or whatever. And then like a couple hours later, he's like, I'm on my way over with it. Like, I was I like, already got what? It. <laughs> he's like, we, I got it for you. We'll figure out the money later, brother. That's, this is wow, your guitar. Man, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And that first like strum on it, I was just like, oh my God, that feels so good. The resonance of the wood against my body and the way that it sings, it's just complete. Yeah. It's a different animal he, completely. He he plays differently. He smiles differently. <laughs> Everything <laughs> since getting in. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it though. I mean, I, I, I'm the first guy to make fun of the like the sound hole sniffers, you know, like these guys who don't really play guitar or whatever, but they like they buy a bunch of them and shit. Like, but you know, my whole thing was like, I'm just glad I have it and not like some dentist or whatever. This is, you know, this yeah. is for us. It's our thing. Yeah. You're going to so shred that thing. Yeah, man. Jake, what, um, what do you got coming up? Do you have like any, any music coming out or tours or what's going on, man? Yeah. So I just cut, just cut a record with my brother and with this guy, Victor Furtado, who's like, he'd be great to have on here. Actually. He's a, um, you know, to me, so there's like, I don't know what all you know about bluegrass, but there's two styles of banjo playing. Basically there's the three finger style, like the Earl Scruggs thing. Mm -hmm. And there's a claw hammer style, which is like the old time frailing banjo. And he, he is like the, probably the greatest claw hammer banjo player that ever lived and maybe ever will. He's like inventive and and genius on another plane. I mean, he's incredible. And so we, we cut a record together of some tunes that we wrote and some old, like unrecorded, like super rare old tunes. And then, yeah, I mean, session wise, I mean, I've, there'll probably be like 35 things that come out this year that I've like played on, you know, I'm not going to like plug them because it's not, not my problem, but yeah. So stuff like, I mean, I'll be around and then, um, gig wise doing fretboard summit next, like in a couple weeks. Okay. Uh, when does this air by the way? Probably in a couple of weeks actually. Okay. So Probably by then I'll be able to say this. I'm playing the Crossroads Festival in L.A. Oh, shit. The right on. In the end of September. And then I uh, got nominated for an IBMA, International Bluegrass Music thing this year, and that'll be in the end of September as well. And then after that, I don't know. Does we'll that see. feel weird to be nominated for stuff like that? Or you, does it make you happy? <laughs> yeah, man. Sorry, my dog is... Oh, no, don't worry about it, man. It's fine. Idiot mode here's the I, uh, we, yeah, I mean, it does feel weird, but my whole thing has been like, I don't celebrate anything. I just like, thank you, thumb up. And then let's just try to stay like the more of my time and energy I can put into this instrument, the more the money, the notoriety, the magazines, the podcast, the bullshit or whatever, like that stuff will follow. If I'm doing my, if I'm giving my due diligence to this, you know, yeah. I don't, I never worry about like, am I going to get nominated for this or are we going to have money for this or like whatever. I just focus on the guitar and and cross my fingers on the rest. It's working out, man. Dang, man. Thank you. Those are words to live by for everybody. Focus on your shit and then everything else will fall in place. Yeah, man. 
Totally. Yep. Yeah. Dang, Jake. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and sure. being just uh, all of it. The whole thing, the story, the realness, uh, the talent. Thank you, man. I, I got, I got to ask, this is going to be just a selfish Aaron question, but whatever. Um, for those of us that are, uh, attempting to learn fiddle tunes and, and learn how to flat pick and, and all that. When, you're new to to flat picking and bluegrass it is a very different animal than just learning to play the guitar it's a it's a completely sure. different thing um and and i'll hear you say like you, I, I can't even remember the number hundreds of fiddle tunes that you know right sure yeah what's the best way for someone that's new to flat picking and, and learning fiddle tunes to start to amass a, a repertoire. Yeah. Well, so the first thing is like, uh, you know, listening a ton, obviously. And that's for some reason, that's a step that a lot of people tend to leave out. You know, I meet students all the time and I'll try to connect with them about records and about like players and recordings. And they're like, so clueless, you know, they want to play so bad that they don't, they don't even know like what they like about it or who they like or what they want to sound like. And so the, yeah, the listening is huge. And then also making sure that you pay attention and, and, and take serious note of like the regional aspect of the repertoire. So like, you know, this exists now everywhere. Like in, you say you're in Oregon. Yeah. yeah. We're, in right? Portland. Like in, we're in Portland. So in Portland, even though Portland is not some birthplace of country music or whatever, there, there is a set standard of songs that your local scene will play. Okay. If you go to a bluegrass jam, whatever those 50 songs those guys play are, like that's your thing. So I can, you know, I can make you learn 500 of my little West Virginia tunes, but you might only play 10 of them in Portland. So, you know, go to your local jam and play all 50 songs shitty and write the names down and then start chipping away at them and, and you know, get a feel for like what's the general taste of your area and like what kind of tunes do they gravitate toward and, and use that to your advantage, you know, instead of just, when you look online, fiddle tune, you search fiddle tune, you're going to have thousands of things that come up and, and there's no way of knowing what will be useful to you unless you dig into your community, you know, and the people who are playing that style near you. Right. Um, it's a lot easier that way. Cause the answers are all there. You know, you go hear those guys play that, that those are the songs you should work on. That's a great yeah, answer. That was perfect. Thank you, I, brother. I have one last question. We've been sitting sure. here doing this a little over an hour. You are, it's in your hands. Do you want to play us out? You, it, it won't come through. It won't. It won't yeah, come I through. don't think it, it will. doesn't come through. Oh, okay. Fucking Zoom clips music, and for whatever reason, it, it's so dumb. It's yeah, I don't know the why dumbest shit. That. Yeah. Oh, can't do okay. It. Jake, <clears throat> um, if you're ever out this way, man, you've got my number. Yeah. Hit me up, dude. Let's let's have dinner yeah. and hang out. There's one more let's do it. one more thing, Jake. Sorry before you left, because you um mentioned Victor Frittata. Is that how you say his name? Frittato. Frittato yeah. with an O. Um, do you think he'd be interested in doing the show? He would do it, man. Yeah, I think he would. Victor is like um so good and so sweet. He yeah, I'm sure he would be happy to do it. He um I'll hit him up. 
even if just for selfishly to promote this thing we did together, I'm sure he would do it. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Well, you know, just in, in keeping spirit with uh, recognizing some people like like you were mentioning earlier that may or may not get recognition. So whatever we can do uh, to kind of elevate that, we'd love to do that. Yeah, Victor's great. So Victor won the uh, the Steve Martin oh, Banjo shit. Excellence Award thing. And he's, I mean, he's around, man. And he's like, I, I cheerlead for no one. I, I will rarely say that anything is good. I will rarely <laughs> give anyone anything because I, because I has, you know, I don't want to, I hate to sign on to shit that's ever changing. You know, I don't want to. That's true. You know, I don't want to like, I don't want to go out there and say, this is the best podcast I've ever been on. And then next week you got like, you know, some like Rush Limbaugh bullshit guy or, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, you, whatever you give your thumbs up to is like, a, you got to be careful. There's but always Victor, a new man, favorite. I, I, Victor is, is, I will shout it from the rooftops. He is as wow. talented. He's, he's incredible. He's just. Yeah, 100% you should. Wow, thank you, you for awesome. that. You thank you for that. We appreciate that. Uh, have a great night, man. Yeah, have a great night, brother. And and uh, stay safe. I saw there was a like a tornado warning yesterday. Or... Yeah, today. I woke up this morning and, and I was like getting into my little routine, got the guitar out. And I'm like, oh, it's raining. I love the rain. You know, I kind of opened the door a little bit. And, and then my phone like started screaming this like alarm thing. And my wife like ran in. She's like, we got to go to the bathroom. There's like a tornado or whatever. I'm like, shit, man. So. We got to hang out in the bathroom with our dog for a while today, which was awesome. And did the guitar come with you? I'm not. I'm, I plead the fifth. Uh, all right. Yeah. Right on, man. <laughs> we'll talk to you Thank soon, you, man. Jake. Thank you, sure, Jake. Thank you Have yeah. a great night. Peace. That is a dope human being right there. Right yeah. On. Yes. I, I love the fact that he's just like chill. Yeah, Jake Eddie is just like I'm. Well, me. after talking to him, like everything, even the last thing he said there, like I am a cheerleader for no one because the, everything he made said made so much sense. And like Mel said, or like asking his age, like like it doesn't really matter, but it does give perspective to stuff, and that he's way beyond his years well, in knowledge, the way he conducts things himself everything i think in this case years don't count right that's what for, i was gonna for say for some people i i do believe this to be true age truly doesn't matter and for some people it does some people mature at the right time when you're supposed to and it kind of is natural and some people like he said i he always wanted to drink coffee or like do smoke a cigarette or be you know do grown-up shit that it's a certain kind of person. Not everybody that is born in life feels that way. Well, on to add to that, at 14, when you're hanging out with touring musicians, what you're seeing is people drinking coffee and whiskey and smoking and cigarettes smoking. and hanging out. And Well, but he was saying that he was feeling like that at eight and six. Right, and right, six. Yeah, That's you're not, right, you're, you're right. not touring nothing. <laughs> yeah, you're at home with your diaper. But it, it makes sense too, though, that like, he is the way he is because of the amount of or the type of experience and the amount of experience that he's had in the years that he's been on the planet. He's done a lot more than most people his age yes. already. So it stands to reason that he is who he is now. And, you know, it. It never ceases to amaze me the. Um, the way that the Instagram algorithm shows stuff to me and he was one that like 
it was relentless with him, with me. Like, it, it, it was all the time. Every time I would go to Instagram, he would pop up and I was like, wow, this guy can play really fast. That was like, obviously the first thing that I saw. Yeah. But after a while watching him and like, seeing how he was i was like i want to get to know this guy like there's more there's a story here i want to see what it is and i never really thought about what he said before about how he feels about bluegrass blowing up i never really thought about it like that how could you let's a regional thing. Yeah, that's his you, perspective. Yeah, you can't from, have a, his perspective being born in California. But I, you know what I mean, like. But I've never heard that even like somebody else say that. And I, that's a I unique get it. individual. Yeah, he's no, very I, unique. Yeah, I get it. I get where he's coming from. Like a thousand percent understand, and it's that's a weird line because you you want the art form to be out there. And you want people to enjoy it and emulate it and play it and do it and go listen to it and patronize it and all that. But, but there's, well, there's several buts with him because the other one too, when I, that's the first time I've ever heard something. He's like, I don't participate in the local music scene. Yes. I don't go out to these places. He keeps his home, his home. That's very unusual. That's, that's most true. people are out gigging all the time in town because it's convenient. It's how you get to they know. Get well, known. and when he is at home, he's in the studio. That which is another you're not seeing in a studio. So he is working, but he's fine. He's being innovative about how he does it so he can have a quote unquote normal life. That was dope. That was really I, I like how you threw that inspirational. In. Like, he's like he, well, he didn't say that, but in my head, I'm like, oh, you're not you're not putting up an internship. To, to have people come work with you and do the things. And that's it, it, very, very That's another part of him that's really neat is the homestay student thing. Going and living with him for a week. Yeah. And the videos that I've seen, it looks like the best time ever. Yeah. Like. Well, like you say, then you really get to know each other on a whole level. That sounds like what he said. Besides the musical. It sounds like hanging out with your BFF. Let's throw on some records. Let's go look at some hail in the moonlight. Or not hail, bale. The hay hay blowing. Um, Let's pick up our guitars and like. Rock it out. Yeah, like that's the best. Yeah, I remember I was watching one of his homestay students. Like they were playing some fiddle tune together. I was like, man wish I could play better. I'd, I'd like to go do that. <laughs> well, then that's how you, that's how you do it. Like, I love that. How awkward would that be to you? Like you said, he had a couple times somebody just, it's like, I just wanted to meet you. I just want to hang out. And it's like, we got a week together. Like, just, okay. And hi, I, yeah. what do we do now? You, you want to go get some food? Yeah. <laughs> he says he wants it the easy way, but he doesn't. Cause then he gets it. And then yeah, he, yeah. He, that he, was funny. He's too. a hard worker, yeah. regardless of what he may a, say. <laughs> I, wanted a, I wanted a lazy student till I had one. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a dope. Thank human you, Jake. Thanks, Jake. I hope you listen back. Um, and know how much we appreciate your time. Yeah. And, uh, all you folks out there go on, um, your streaming platform download his stuff listen to it it's it's his live album is amazing yes. and hilarious <clears throat> and super fun and and go over to youtube he's got a lot of stuff going on on youtube several lifetimes and he is at the jake eddie e d d y 
on Instagram. So follow him on Instagram for some, like I said, if you don't have not following him now, when you go follow him, you're going to see these clips of him playing at like blazing fast BPMs on a metronome, playing these fiddle tunes faster than I've ever seen anybody play. And he, I, I forgot to bring it up with him, but people will like DM him and give him shit and say that he's like speeding, it speeding up, up the, the videos. And that's why he put the metronome up there to show, no, I'm not speeding the video up. You can see there's the proof. Yeah. It's uh it's pretty amazing stuff. So anyway, right. we will be back on Monday with another episode of the no simple road weekly rewind. And uh, until then, what we ask each and every one of you to do, well, first off, if you're going to be in Denver, September or August 30th for the Dick's run, or if you're just going to be in Denver. Yeah. If you live in Denver or visiting, maybe you're just visiting Denver all of a sudden. Come see No Simple Road and Andy Frasco's World Saving Podcast appear live at Ophelia's Electric Soapbox at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are available at the Ophelia's website. We also have them at nosimpleroad.com. Our special guest is going to be Chris Pandolfi. Speaking of banjos and great playing. Of the infamous string (laughs) dusters. We are going to be sitting down with him to discuss fishiness. And there's going to be some other amazing guests with Andy and some fun. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, but come hang out with us and find out. And uh, yeah, that. And also, if you've listened this far into the episode, you're a fan of No Simple Road now. (laughs) So you should go over to our Patreon and sign up on Patreon. That would be really cool of you to help us out. You know how that guy sold Jake a guitar for like half of what it was actually worth to patronize his music? Well, this is literally how you patronize No Simple Road. Help us out. Go over there. Sign up. You get a whole bunch of extra content. All right? We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Smile a stranger. Safety third. Hydrate. Who's got our SOs? And uh, yeah, man, go listen to some music because music is healing to the soul. Give people their due. Word. We love you guys. Peace. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? 
That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>